everyone out there. This is another episode of the PlayStation Report. You might uh, expect this to be our Game of the Year podcast, but no, we are crunching for, I don't know, some inexplicable reason that, you know, I'm just not going to reveal here. Uh, But today we're going to do something a little bit different than last year. Uh, Of course, I'm joined, as always, by Tyler. What's up? Merry Christmas to you. Yes, Merry Christmas to everyone out there celebrating Happy Kwanzaa to those who are celebrating maybe the day this releases. I'm not sure when everything is lining up. Uh, but I hope you all are having a good time in these, yeah. well, in the Northern Hemisphere winter months. I know you all down in that Southern Hemisphere enjoying that uh, summer sun. <laughs> Must be nice in Australia right now, Tyler. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah. <laughs> I always imagined it being nice in Australia. It's hard for me to imagine it not being nice there. Yeah, definitely. But there is some killer fucking scorpions and kangaroos and shit, so fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, this place has good weather. We're going to be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don't like that. Truly survival of the fittest. Yeah, uh, happening there. Uh, but we this year are going to actually do the thing we probably should have been doing for a while and go down all of the video games we've played because not all of these games actually make it onto a list. Uh, as I accidentally delete a game from the list and then type it in with reversed caps. Um, yeah, so we. We thought we'd just go over everything we've played, talk just a tiny bit about all of them, just so uh, y'all get a sense of what we've played and maybe see where the glaring omissions are um, and see what games like each of us has played individually and which games we both played and all that kind of stuff. I th- I just thought that would be a better thing to do for you, the audience, and for us as well as we go into considering our lists. Yeah, definitely. And also just a good way to look back on 2019 and what was the year in video games. Yeah. uh, So some of this stuff is in chronological order. A lot of it is just in the order that we played them and slash remembered to put them on the list because there's some at the bottom of the list that definitely should be mixed in there. Uh Uh, But I'm just going to. I, do we just start from the top here and move down? Sure. I mean, it's not going to necessarily be even on, like, my game and your game or whatever that is, but I, I feel like that's just the easiest way to go through this. Yeah. Okay, so the first game on this list is Future Grind, a game that I played at PSX 2016. And it finally came out this year. It is a cool arcade game where you're riding a bike on rails and doing flips between rails and matching uh, colors to the rails. And the levels are really cool. It's got a it's got a cool style to it. I like the soundtrack. Um, it's yeah. I I was. It has all the things that I saw in that 2016 build, but they just build it out a lot bigger, and there are a lot more levels. Although I will say, once you beat all the levels, there isn't much of a reason to go back to it unless you're chasing high scores on the leaderboards. I will say that not enough people played this game because I was in the top 10 for almost every single level as I went through it. 
and i, I don't where think you are now yeah i don't know where <laughs> i am now i haven't checked back in maybe they've added levels i haven't really checked back in with that game that might be something i have to do in the future get it future grind uh-huh. <laughs> okay hilarious hilarious indeed uh probably the first triple a ass game i played this year is ace combat 7 skies unknown uh, it's been a long time since I played a good Ace Combat game. Uh, I think Ace Combat 5 was the last one I really enjoyed. I played 6, which I think was a launch title for PS4. Uh, if not, it was a transitional title. Uh, but Ace Combat 7 is just fantastic. It looks brilliant. Uh, it has some awesome levels and just some wild ass shit happens at, in that game that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and it ha- I think I shared with this you shared this with you uh, earlier in the year, but it has some bombastic soundtracks as you're fighting yeah. doing those dog fights. It's really good. Definitely does. I feel like it's uh <sighs> It's a little snubbed in some best soundtrack. Yeah. See, this, just even from what I've heard is like, ah, this is excellent. <laughs> yeah, see, like, the thing is, it released early in the year, and, like, it just didn't get the recognition it deserved because people didn't... A, Ace Combat 7 has an already quite narrow audience of people who enjoy, who still enjoy those arcade space... Uh, not space, uh, air, air-to-air combat games and yeah. happening early in the year i can i can see why critics may have fallen off of it <laughs> right agreed right. yeah that's all but, i have to say about you are championing this game yes so. it is fucking fantastic and like mm-hmm. if you can get it on sale now out there if you're interested fucking play ace combat 7 it is great yeah all right Let's do this. Kingdom Hearts 3, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Before uh, before you get started, I will say I failed in my quest to actually play the Kingdom Hearts games this year. I kind of fell off of them pretty hard yeah. Once, yeah. once other games started coming out. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is... Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think... This game is is good, uh, but to be honest with you, it's a game that I don't think about a lot when I really feel like I probably should uh, with kind of the hype that was going into it. Um, I, I was just more at the point when I was playing this game of like, I just kind of want to be done with it sort of thing. Um, it, it was fun to play. I mean, I like playing Kingdom Hearts games, um, but I felt like this game was just really easy and there wasn't a ton of challenge there. Uh, but also some of the worlds just weren't weren't uh, too exciting to me. I mean, there there were some really good ones. The Frozen World stands out as is probably my favorite one to go through. Um, Olympus was fucking cool. Um, and there was some cool boss fights for sure. But... I think like this game in its story is just it's you know it's known how convoluted this game's story is. I think there were some really cool things that happened for sure, but I also think it is a a kind of a fuck you that this game didn't truly wrap everything up and that they had a MCU like teaser at the end of it. Um 
it's just just because you know fans of this franchise have waited so long for Kingdom Hearts three, and just I don't know, just to throw another curveball in there was kind of crazy to me. So what I'm hearing is that you're excited for that Remind DLC. I don't think I am. I don't know if I'll play that. To be honest with you, why not? Um, it might wrap up the story. It might, but still, I just don't know if I care at this point. Um, like, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 does some good stuff, but honestly, it's I'm not as impressed with it as I want it to be. I'll say that. Oh. Okay. Well, Tyler, we went through a journey this year. We did, yeah. We ran from the big man. We did. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake is a game that came out this year and kind of blew away everyone's expectations, including mine. Yeah, um, mine, mine as well. Yeah, I really love what they did with that game. It is yes. great. Uh, we played it together on the couch, passing the controller back and forth after recording podcasts, and that was a fun way to play that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I have a lot of memories associated with that playthrough of, of this game. Um, doing it that way, I think, was was a lot of fun. And this game just does so many good things. To me, it takes, like, you know, Resident Evil, uh, you know, the third-person, more action-oriented side of it, but then really bringing the horror survival elements back and just taking everything that those games were in just doing it to the best possible level. Um, and the game was beautiful to play, uh, or be beautiful to look at, um, in a very gross way as well. Uh, but man, some of those, some of those, uh, areas that you're going through, whether it's the police station or the lab and, or, you know, knowing, you know, uh, Mr. X is around the corner hearing his footsteps. It's like, ah, it's very, very nerve wracking, but just an excellent game. I, I would say the only frustrating part, I think, of this whole game was just the very end of it. Yeah, the last boss fight was kind of kind of Not, fucking bastard. I mean, yeah, like frustrating. I, I, I feel like I, ha I had to channel things that I learned in other video games. <laughs> Yeah. To get past that. Like, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not throwing any shade on you, but the things I've learned from Souls like games about dodging through attacks and knowing when my my windows of opportunity are mm -hmm. uh, that that really helped me when I eventually beat that boss for yeah. a playthrough. Yeah, the game just didn't get you very well prepared at all for that or even knowing that that's that was coming in a way because we didn't we used our ammo on a previous boss fight uh-huh yeah <laughs> and we it's did not that much long and then bam there's the last one you have like no fucking ammo and it's such a such a turn of a boss fight but otherwise man what a what an awesome game yeah i would say the things leading up to that boss fight were really cool if like yeah like if that boss fight occurred and you were and it prepared you for it with pickups and stuff like that, that would have been a really fucking awesome boss fight. Oh yeah, I agree. Like, I can I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, you have anything more on RE2? No, no. I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite games of the year. I love it. All right, on to two of the most disappointing games of Ugh. all time. I would oh, say, oh man, uh, more so with Anthem uh, from yeah. Bioware this year. Uh, 
I have it written down here on our list under best soundtrack. I can't remember the soundtrack anymore. I think that was more of an in-the-moment Stockholm Syndrome thing. I might have to go back and listen to that to reconsider whether or not it belongs under that nomination. Uh, But Anthem was just fucking depressing. I I don't know, like... Yeah. You play, play it for, like, an hour, and you're like, fuck yeah, this flying around shit is really cool. Uh, some of these world-building elements are really cool, and it doesn't build to anything. The gameplay doesn't get any better outside of that first hour. Uh, sure, you like you unlock some new abilities and stuff like that, but none of it's none of it is cool. Like it's all like, oh, of course there's something like that. Of course there's uh, maybe of course there's this type of weapon in this game. Like I just don't think anything was surprising about Anthem, and yeah, it it fizzled out on me. Like I I played through the entire story of it. But after that, their post-launch stuff that they tried to do, like, I was already checked out. Yeah. I, I didn't play Anthem at all. I, it was a game I wanted to play because I like Bioware, but uh, I think the thing that really turned me off of this game is just a rollout of it. Like, needing to uh, post a chart to understand what you get you know, with uh, the rollout special versions and early access of this game and all sorts of bullshit is just absurd to me. And then, you know, I, I feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with, with uh, you know, the whole EA um, access, like the early access that you can do. It's just it was a awful rollout of this game that turned me off and uh, just... Even seeing it on sale for five or ten bucks, I'm like, nah. I will I for I will forever say I bought Anthem by mistake because that was that's truly what happened. Yeah, I, I was do remember that. I was playing Dead Cells on PC with my PS4 controller, not knowing my PlayStation 4 was on, and somehow managed to navigate myself to the PlayStation Store in a monitor that was not active. Uh, was not switched to the PS4. I have a switcher on one of my monitors. And somehow I purchased fucking Anthem. Pre-ordered it. And, well, couldn't really cancel it because the PlayStation Store is awful. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I will forever say that in all aspects, my experience with Anthem was a mistake. Right. And this game just, I feel, yeah, it definitely fizzled out is is a great way to put it because no one really talks or plays Anthem, I feel like. Um, to the point you know, where, like, the rumors. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, to the point where, like, you, you mentioned the rumors, the rumors of them trying yeah. to refashion this game into something different. Who's going to be around for that? I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it really has to... Uh, be completely different and certainly blow critics away to at least get the word of mouth out there that like, Hey, Anthem's good. Maybe you should come back because I really just don't see anyone coming back, especially with the competition that is uh, out there for this sort of game, Mm -hmm. which we'll probably get to in this list here. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll stick to the dis man. When I mentioned it, we'll just go in the order of this list. I didn't realize there was this huge chunk of games that only I played. (laughs) 
Oh God. Uh, so well, I guess you touched some of these, but no, the next I played, I played a couple of them. Yeah, uh, Rage Two. Yeah. Awful fucking game. I I forgot that you played Rage Two. I forgot I played Rage Two. <laughs> I I could not stand Rage Two. Um, you know, there, there was moments where I was kind of having some fun with it, um, especially once you get a couple of uh, abilities of you know the whole kind of ground pound sort of thing, running around slamming the ground, blowing dudes up that way, sort of fun. Um, or getting new weapons and stuff. But I think every other thing that you do in this game is just fucking boring and tedious. Um, um, I played through every story mission in this game and got to the last one where you have to kind of grind all of the different factions up to a certain point. And I literally said, fuck this, uninstalled the game and never played it again. Because I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time grinding out something that's not even good. I'm not even invested in to see where it goes. Um, just just to, to f- say I finished it. Um I got out what I got out of Rage 2, and to me, that it's just a very disappointing, uh, boring game. Yeah, Rage 2 pisses me off because when I saw some of the marketing, I went back and played the first Rage, and I was like, okay, I guess for the for its time, this was alright. Like, this is probably what I'd expect from a game from, I forget what year that was. But, yeah, I played Rage 2, and... This is the biggest example of marketing being a complete fucking shit in the mouth for what the game actually was. Right. Uh, So, yeah, like you, I played through the entire game. Well, I played through the entire game. I played all of... I did... I did too much of Rage 2. <laughs> I played way too much of this fucking game. Yeah. I went out and cleared some of the map. I cleared almost all of the map. I don't know if I have the platinum trophy in that game, but god damn it, for as much as I suffered, I deserve it. <laughs> Rage 2 yeah, is it's like... It's just so boring. It's awful. It's fucking yeah. awful. I, ca- I cannot believe that in a world where I played Anthem and Rage 2... Instead of, say, a Disco Elysium or Untitled Goose game. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is fucked up that that happened. Yeah. Like, if I Same. could do... If I had a do-over on this year, I would have a lot more time. Because those games combined, probably I played over 100 hours, approaching 200 hours of just to get through them. Yeah. I agree. I wish I had that time back for Rage 2 because it's just not fun. I did enjoy, however, Metro Exodus. Uh, Yeah. The first kind of open area sort of um, Metro game. Metro games were sort of corridor shooters uh, Uh in the first couple of iterations. Uh, This one kind of opened that up a bit, gave you a series of open areas that you could explore and do do objectives in any order. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I know that this is a little bit divisive, but I, I, I really like the direction they went in with Metro. I like the idea of having these open areas to tackle any which way you want to. And like there are certain things, like there are certain bonus things you can do to change the story. 
uh, of Metro Exodus and change like who lives and who dies and stuff like that. There's a lot to this game, uh, a lot of different ways you can approach it, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Right on. Yeah, this is one I wanted to get to, just didn't. Yeah, I'm. A lot of these games, I'm gonna say, like, pure disclaimer: I don't do business, but I'm not sure I should have paid sixty dollars for a lot of these games. <laughs> uh, Some of them, yeah. Even Metro Exodus feels like a. F- now, again, I don't know the business side. It feels like a forty-dollar game to me brand new now mm-hmm. if if i hadn't played retro exodus now i'd be like i'd be looking for it for 15 20 i'm just i'm just saying that for all of y'all out there <laughs> yeah i do curious. have this game downloaded on game pass yes that is another way the best way to play it yeah that, that's a great way to play video games it is uh next up Sekiro, Shadow Dis- Shadows Die Twice. Tyler, you have limited experience in this game. I do. I mean, I liked playing this game. Uh, I'm just not good at it at all. Um, but, man, it does some pretty cool stuff. Uh, it can be very satisfying when you do accomplish uh, the challenging task. or uh, But then also just... This game's fucking beautiful, dude. It's probably one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen from from what I saw, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's a game that, yeah, it might not fully be for me. I may have kind of bounced off of it, but I completely respect this game, and I respect um, anyone that goes through it and finishes and says this is one of the best games of the year one of the best games ever played or this or that i'm not going to sit back and be like "Eh, i didn't like that game um because i I did like the gameplay of sekiro i was just fucking awful at it then it's just it's just me i just kind of got frustrated with myself a little bit i guess so Mm -hmm. i am going to I'm, i'm gonna link a thing Next to it for you to watch while I talk about it. This is a moment from the game. Uh, I think I put it right next okay. to there. Uh, that's that's a cutscene at the end of the game that I want you to watch. Um, I hope it's the right video. I haven't researched it before, but Sekiro is probably is my favorite uh, favorite from software game, and in this year where I've beaten Bloodborne as well as Sekiro. Uh, I feel like those two are really fucking good. I started Dark Souls, but man, Sekiro is really good. All right, we lost Tyler here for a moment. Uh, Tyler, are you back? I am here now. Okay, cool. It cut I off for just a moment there. Um, yeah, I was just mentioning that Sekiro is my favorite From Software game having played Mm -hmm. some other ones and having beaten Bloodborne also. Uh, I just like the attitude you have to have when you're playing Sekiro, like getting in there and fucking just just hacking away at it and like timing your parries. It's like you're always on a knife's edge in Sekiro. And it's just... I, I love that feeling in a video game where it's like, this could go either way, and I have to be on my shit. I have to be in the zone, and goddamn, it is so good. Um, mm-hmm. we're not well, gonna... I think one thing 
Well, really quick, one thing I want to say about the game, you know, too, that I think instinctually when you play something like this, you want to get in there, do a couple attacks and dodge. But Sekiro wants you to do it the opposite way. Like like it wants you to be aggressive and time your blocks and and all sorts of stuff. So it's a little bit of like retooling of how you think about playing a lot of action games. Yeah. And it doesn't do that mindlessly either. It gives you a lot of visual and audio cues of like, okay, so that attack didn't actually find its mark. I should probably expect a counter here. So let's prepare myself to parry and or dodge and like i i I like the way this game communicates things uh to you it's it's definitely a game that is learnable more so than the other from software games Uh, at least as as my experience i feel like this game is it's more discernible like okay so when this happens i should do this yeah yeah and yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything that happens in Sekiro, but it has some... You even saw one of them with with Big Snake. Yep. That, that was just... That was a fucking awesome sequence. Now, we don't play on... We didn't play this game on PC. Now, imagine that modded into anything else. Just imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sekiro I, is great. I, I am watching right now just because i'm not probably ever going to play through this game i am watching someone play the final boss which seems pretty fucking crazy Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) that game is it so a lot of the game is you fighting another guy with a sword and armor but uh there are there's there is some good shit in that game yeah it's movement too is just feels really good like the speed of everything you know is is really good mm-hmm. um I, I also feel like with this game like it came out and i think there was there was definitely a group that liked it but then uh, i feel like it didn't get as much love as most from software games do as of late but i feel like over the course of the year people have kind of come to it a little bit um, it's because so. people are cowards. They all want to hide behind their shields. <laughs> That's the way people play Dark Souls. They just put up their shield and they're like, okay, I'll block that attack. No mm-hmm. motherfucker. Parry this shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, This the music here during this final boss fight is pretty fucking epic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, well, I there, think another... Good. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of good things happening in this game and it all... The package is just rock solid. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about it, and I I didn't experience the whole thing, but what I experienced I thought was pretty cool is is I feel like there's a lot more, there's definitely a lot more storytelling in this game for a From Software game. Definitely in terms of like cutscenes and characters and things like that, which I think is a cool thing for them to do. And dialogue, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Sekiro. Uh, you might hear more about that next week. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Dreams, which I played. I got into that early access, which they were selling up until recently. Uh, that thing is really cool, and what people have done with it is fantastic. And 
I thought I was going to get in there and make some shit, but goddamn, the things that other people were making, I just I just wanted to experience a lot all of that. It's dreams is awesome. Yeah. It seems it, seems cool. Yeah, it has it has a fantastic tool set. Uh it has pretty good discoverability features and yeah, I I'm excited to see what they do once they officially launch this game. <laughs> um, and then Tyler, probably the best best surprise we got this year. Mm-hmm. Just on a random Tuesday morning. You want you want to you want to intro this? I do. How about uh, a brand new game from Respawn? It just kind of dropped called Apex Legends. Dude, I I did not expect this at all. No. At the no. at the time it appeared that the battle royale space was PUBG and Fortnite and everyone else can fuck off. You hear me? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I just I, I was I was a half expecting a response there, uh, but uh, I, was, Ape- I was waiting for your yeah. fish. Yeah, but yeah, Apex Legends comes in and out of nowhere has this character-based battle royale where you play in squads of three and introduces a pinging system, a thing that would have been amazing in any other battle royale. Yeah, and it it just puts it in there. It's it's really cool. It's like it's that moment where like you don't know what's good until you see it. And you saw that feature and it's like, "Oh damn, that is fucking awesome." Yeah, agreed. And then and, and then also, you know, I think it it was a bold choice, but the correct choice on how this game does matchmaking, uh kind of forcing you into a squad of 3. I mean, they they've had events with solos and doubles and all that stuff, but um just the way that was made and, and the fact that they're like, uh, the, it's only 60 players per match and you're in three person squads. You know, I think at the time we were like a, a battle Royale has to have a hundred players and you have to have solos, doubles and squads. But this game was like, no, the best way to experience it is this one way. And I think that was a bold choice that I really enjoyed a lot because uh, this game is way more playable to me than any other battle royale by yourself. Yeah, with no communication with your squad members. Yes. They essentially forced you to be like, look, motherfuckers, use these tools. You'll like them, and it'll make this game playable whether or not your friends are online. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and the fact that you can win that way, too, because of the pinging system and the way you can communicate with with each other... uh, you know, I mean, you play a lot more than me, but the I would say I've won more matches that way out of all the matches that I've won than than you know playing with others. You know, it's it's just insane how that can work. Um, but but I do think this game is incredibly satisfying being on a squad with other players of being able to you know use 
every character's abilities and use them in smart ways that uh, team up and, and can really get shit done sort of thing. Uh, it's just, it's an excellent game, man. Yeah. It, Re- Respawn also just knows how to make a good feeling shooter. I mean, you think even back to their days of Infinity Ward and Call of Duty, obviously those games are like this, the the gold bar for how shooters should feel. Um, but then, you know, the Titanfall games felt really good with, with the mobility that was thrown into those games, plus the shooting felt good. And then Apex Legends, I feel like it takes it to a whole nother level. It just feels so good to play. Yeah, and I guess this is your uh, your reminder that, yo, check out Titanfall 2. It's been on sale. It's been free <laughs> on PlayStation Plus. Go yeah. fucking play that game. <laughs> yeah. Because it, ha- it, it has a really good uh, single-player campaign and some yep. really good levels. Notably the time travel level and the uh, factory level. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll bang through these next two pretty quick. Astroneer, a survival sim game where you're building a base, collecting resources to build better things for your base to make it more sustainable. I enjoyed this, kind of bounced off it. It had some, uh, even playing on PC, it had performance issues. Uh, I know it's out on PS4 now, and I haven't gone back to it, so I'm curious to see how that performs now. Uh, And then Trials Rising. Trials Rising, you know, I put it down here on a couple categories. I'm not sure if it still holds up for those. Um... But this is the Trials game that is best at teaching you how to play a Trials game. Mm. Uh, it, it has the Trials University, I believe it's called, where it goes through the different mechanics. It shows you tutorials. It gives you a ghost to follow to show you how to get past certain obstacles. Uh, and yeah, this is probably the best Trials game if you're starting to play Trials. Probably not the best Trials game out there because it has a shitty progression system that blocks you off from actually getting to uh, the new levels. Yeah, it's not a fun thing when that happens. In games. Alright, Tyler, Uh, take it away. Yeah, so next up would be The Division 2. I think... This game is leaps and bounds better than the first one uh, to me. Uh, the first one was just kind of a drag to play through, and the final boss sucked, and the world wasn't exciting. And I know they made that game better, and they really turned it around, but, man, The Division 2 was a lot of fun right out of the gate and remained fun uh, for a long time afterwards. I mean, I think I put close to 40 hours in the, into this game um, and still have more more to do in it. Um, the gameplay just felt a lot better. Uh, working together felt really good. However, two, two areas that I think this game just kind of fell flat on or two major areas to me is that one playing this game by yourself is so fucking hard to do. Um, it's not very well balanced that way. So if you don't have 
a, a at least one friend to play through this game with you or or you aren't matchmaking uh, to find other people, it can be a total slog. Even going through the open world uh, can be kind of a slog. And uh, I guess there's three areas now that I'm kind of talking about it. But yeah, the open world aspect of this game still feels underutilized. Like it almost serves no purpose. Like I would rather, rather uh, it be a little bit of more maybe destiny like or something where you have a hub and you do have a hub in this game in, in terms of the, the white house. Uh, but then you just select missions and you just, you are bam in that mission rather than having to just go through the world and, and do all these kind of not that exciting things. And you're not getting a lot out of them. in in most cases, um, yeah, I, I mean, getting, uh, safe houses and all that stuff. You get some stuff out of that, but a lot of the other little things just seems like busy work. Um, so, you know, and in a future division game, a way to utilize that open world at all, do it or just fucking get rid of it. It's, it's kind of unnecessary padding to the game. But then, um, another area that this game just didn't improve on is the story. <laughs> like the story in this game is just fucking terrible. Still, I can't remember a goddamn thing that happened in this game, but, uh, man, a lot of those main missions are a lot more fun to play through in that you're going through a lot more exciting locations. The boss fights are a lot more fun. Uh, and then also just your abilities are cool, uh, in this game, very exciting to use. And then, uh, you, you finish the game and you get to the end game and they reset the whole fucking map and you're like oh my god really but they introduce a whole new enemy faction and then you kind of have to go through the same levels again but there's this new enemy faction that's adding a total new twist to it you're actually getting a lot of really good loot to go to the next world tiers uh and then there is even some extra strongholds and all that stuff in the end game that that are really fun to play through as well i mean this was one of my my favorite games of the year i mean i'm not I wouldn't fight for it to win game of the year at all, but it's a game that I certainly really enjoyed um, playing for sure. And I kind of got to go back gone. to it, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. Days gone. Um, I did not play as much days gone as I wanted to. Um, but what I did play was like good, not great. You know, there, there was, some cool things of sneaking around and taking out some freakers. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I mean, the game just didn't get its hooks in me. And then uh, a few other games came out. So this is one that I do want to revisit. But but like, like I said, what was there so far to me is good, not great. Yeah, the thing I'd say I'd ask about this is, did it actually feel like a Sony first-party thing? Like, did it feel like that prestige thing that a lot of the Sony first-party stuff was, or was this yeah. was this weird in a way? I think in ways, like I think you know the cutscenes are well done uh, visually. It's it's really pretty to look at, uh, but in terms of you know all those other things at least what I played um, story gameplay just didn't get quite up there with the most recent Sony games of God of War and Spider-Man horizon and uncharted four and all that. 
Um, so I would say in some ways, yes. In other ways, no. All right. I only played this game one time at your place. Yeah. So, I mean, the category here that we have down, I'm not sure if I would put it there <laughs> yeah. anymore. Maybe maybe towards the bottom of the list. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled was uh, an excellent remake for for this game. I mean, it's nearly perfect. I would say the only thing it's not perfect about it is uh, there's goddamn microtransactions. Why, why, why? Uh, very unnecessary there that Activision threw in. Uh, it doesn't completely change the game, but still it just feels a little a little gross. But otherwise, um, you know, visually really bringing these, these tracks and the feel of the game up to modern day without sacrificing how it, it feels. I mean, Crash Team Racing is not everybody's cup of tea for a kart racing game i mean especially compared to mario kart it's a challenging game to get uh to kind of master um and they kept that feel which is really exciting and just to play through that campaign uh, again was was a lot of fun i need to go back to it just to get more trophies and collectibles and stuff i kind of fell off of it um but yeah excellent remake I would love if they made another Crash Team Racing, like a brand new one. But they got to keep this feel, mm. in my opinion. Cool. Yeah, I that that's one I'm interested in buying for myself and and playing. Yeah, it's a fun game to play through, and, and that's a thing. Like Crash Team Racing, I feel has an excellent campaign to it, where Mario Kart kind of lacks that. Like you're just going through all the cups, but there's no there's no story to it. Yeah, it's not the best story in the world, but there's not no cutscenes, um, no little bonus things that you can do, uh, challenges, time trials, all that stuff in in a campaign. Um, there is those things in Mario Kart, but not not in a campaign. And I think that's that's one thing that just makes Crash Team Racing really special mm-hmm. in the kart racing genre. I'll say, yeah. Of which there were a surprising number of games this year. We didn't play them all, but there there seems to be a lot of kart racing games recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is my time at Porsche, a game that I wish I had the same amount of time as when Stardew Valley came out, because I feel like this game could have really got into me if I had the time to get into it. Uh, so yeah, it is it is a lot like Stardew Valley. It's it's played from a third-person perspective uh, over the shoulder, not over the shoulder, uh, a fixed camera from behind. Um, yeah, it's, I guess... If I, if I had to say anything at, about this game is that I wish I had more time to play it because there are some things in that game and in that world that interest me, but I just don't have the time to grind it out. It's a very mm-hmm. grindy game. It's a game that has a lot of value if you want a game that you can play for a long time. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things that I don't have time for anymore. Right. Oh boy, this next one. Oh god. We can we can do this quickly. Yeah. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Young blood. <laughs> oh god. Boy. I didn't like this game. <laughs> there are parts of this game that are good. And that is the part right. where you shoot things. Yeah. 
everything else I don't really care for. <laughs> right. Like Man, the we- the weapons are good. I like the way it moves around. But god damn, some of the level design, some of the boss encounters just shit. Yeah, agreed. I'm glad that we experienced this game in in suffered together because I would not play this game by myself at all. I mean, it's they added, you know, leveling to enemies and to your character and, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not totally game. against that. Like, no, but it did add a level of kind of gr- grind that I'm not sure if I fully enjoyed. Like if, if they smoothed out that balance and that progression a little bit more, it could be cool. Um, but man, uh, talk about like, you know, you're, you're coming off of, uh, Wolfenstein one and two that have excellent stories and characters in this game had fucking an, a completely forgettable story. Uh, quite honestly, a little bit predictable story and not the best characters. I didn't really uh, enjoy the uh, twin daughters of BJ and uh, man, that final boss to me, you know, I, I think I would have a little bit better feel on this game uh in hindsight if it wasn't for that final boss that final boss was so unnecessarily difficult and fucking infuriating um it really really put a sour taste in my mouth for this game and thank goodness we waited a little bit to play through this because the checkpointing at launch was you restart the entire fucking level Right, right. Yeah, that kind of worked out for us. Because <laughs> I, I don't think I would have played through that whole fucking level again if just to get to a incredibly difficult boss. And that's the thing. Like, we, we did a lot of side content and stuff in this game. So playing through that final level, I feel like we got through it pretty easily. And then you get to that final boss, and it's just like just a brick fucking wall, man. So crazy hard crazy hard and it, and it just felt cheap mm-hmm. yeah definitely it's, it's not like not like something in, in other games where you're like this is hard but i get it i get why i'm failing and i'm gonna get over that hump it just felt super cheap the whole the whole thing and that could be one of the most infuriating things in video games when that shit happens so yeah um next up is devil may cry 5 a game that i just fucking blasted through uh the last probably three or four hours of the other night um what a fucking game i absolutely adored this game um not only is it just a blast to play uh and i really like you know some character action stuff like this um but man a lot of these levels were really fun uh fun in, t- in terms of some exploration and finding all the little secrets to get you know health upgrades or or devil trigger upgrades but then playing all three of the different characters were just a blast uh and they all felt really different and and really just uh fun and i like that they gave you a choice to choose what characters you want to play in certain levels as well um but then also this game's just fucking gorgeous to look at on that resident evil engine just some really nasty stuff but then beautiful lighting and i mean it was cool seeing some different things in that engine some some more daylight 
stuff like that was really nice. Um, and, and actually this game went some places with the story towards the end. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. Uh, so I, I really recommend Devil May Cry five. I think it's a cool game. It, it's a cool 15 hours that I think anyone could be just really, uh, really entertained with. Yeah. That that's on my list of things I want to play sometime. Yeah, I know it's on Xbox Game Pass. I'm not sure if it's on the PC Game Pass. Yeah, I didn't see it there. So, but but yeah, I, I would really recommend it. It's excellent. And I don't necessarily... Uh, I've played other Devil May Cry 5s, but not... Or Devil May Cry, other Devil May Cry 5s. Other Devil May Cry games, but I didn't necessarily finish any of them. But I felt like I, I was able to jump into this game and, and be totally fine. So. All right. All right. Next up is hmm, Control. Yeah. Probably the most well-rounded game of the year. Mm-hmm. Probably the easiest game to get into and stay in. I yes. feel. Uh, so yeah, Control is has one of the most interesting worlds in games. Uh, it, it builds that very quickly. I think from the first moment when you enter the bureau building. Or, as you later find out, the oldest house. Um, Yeah, it is... It just... It hooks you. And there's... There's things about that world, especially if you read... If you read uh, the documents and stuff like that, it's like, God damn, there's a lot going on here. The possibilities are just fantastic. Yeah. And then it just plays good too. It's it's a fantastic playing game. On top of that, it, I think this might be my favorite superhero game since Infamous. <laughs> yeah, I mean it has that feel to it. And to me, when you finally got your first ability to kind of throw shit, pick things up, and throw it back at enemies, or you know, rip fucking rocks out of the ground, like that's when this game just felt so good went to a whole nother level uh but i loved playing this game i loved the world i mean some of the lighting in this game some of my favorite lighting i've ever seen the video game just completely gorgeous and really just an unsettling world it felt creepy to go through i mean one of my favorite moments of the year was me there was one weekend where i started playing this game early in the morning and i played probably it was close to six or seven hours straight of this game and just blasted through a ton of it and i just didn't want to stop playing because, you know, I wanted to learn more about this world. The story was going in cool places. I was getting more and more abilities. I was finally able to go to some areas that in the map that um, I really wanted to go to. I, I don't think this game's without its faults. It's not perfect, uh, but it's it's certainly I think the way you put it well-rounded is really probably the best way to put it. It's it's excellent. Yeah. Uh it it has some of my favorite characters in video games. Uh I think between uh Dr. Casper Darling, the director, uh Jesse Faden's pretty good in it as well. Yep. There's it's it's just got a lot of good characters. Ati is yep. is really interesting. We still haven't discovered all we want to know about Ati yet. I imagine that's coming in DLC. <laughs> At least I yeah. hope so. Um, but yeah, Control, I think out of all the games I've seen this year, is the game that I most want to see a sequel to. Yeah. 
I can agree with that. Or at least a game in that world, which apparently might be the same world as Alan Wake. Right. Dude, a crossover or something. That could be really cool. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Tell us about Gears 5. Yeah. I mean, Gears 5, I really liked a lot. Um, It's... I mean, it's a Gears game, and you kind of know the quality that you're going to get, and I feel like these games kind of always hit that quality, and they might not um, be game of the year material to me uh, every time, but they're always on that list of some of my favorite games of the year, and Gears 5 is no different. I thoroughly enjoyed this game's story. Absolutely fucking insanely gorgeous game and just i want to see a gears game on the next generation of consoles on a series x i just feel like it's going to be completely insane because of what they're getting out of just the base xbox one it's what i'm playing on and then to even have it run well still just crazy uh so the campaign was really uh, cool for the most part. I wasn't a big fan of the open world stuff for this game. It it just felt completely unnecessary because it was so dead. Um, and they tried to justify that in the story, but even then, there still just wasn't wasn't a lot there. But uh, you know, adding uh, kind of skills to the campaign, I thought was something neat uh, to do. The story was good. It didn't go as far as I thought it was going to almost in the way that Halo five was uh, not as bad as Halo five story, but I just thought it was going to go a little farther to advance the story, but it's definitely like, Hey man, we're making another one of these and you better, you better, uh, play that one if you want to really see how it ends but um multiplayer is as good as ever and horde mode is is excellent they made some changes to horde mode that initially i didn't really like and some of it i still don't like um a lot of the uh like base building elements uh for your your horde or certain weapons or anything like that they're kind of character driven whereas previously your whole team had access to that stuff as long as you were leveling up your your base and so i think that can be a little frustrating like yeah there was in some strategy of you know maybe you should have this and that and that but uh i i just we found it a little frustrating uh but otherwise you know adding perks into the matches uh so you kind of have a choice of do i buy an upgrade for our base or do i upgrade my myself um Things like that, I think, make Horde mode uh, exciting, for sure. I mean, I, there, I've definitely gotten a lot of enjoyment out of it. And um, the other mode, Escape, not not the greatest. Uh, that, that mode's... It's fun to play through once, but then it gets a little stale. And then finally, for Gears 5, I just think their, their whole sort of progression system buying cosmetics uh all that stuff is a little overly convoluted i'll say that and i feel like they kind of did that a little bit because of potentially because of the way xbox game pass could change monetization in that you know you're kind of giving this game out for free in a way and you got to make money on it somehow so it, it felt a little convoluted, but otherwise I think Gears 5 is an excellent game and I'm 
eager to play a lot more and eager to see how this story hopefully wraps up with a gear six. All right. Well, this year, Destiny 2 went free to play with the Destiny New Light edition uh, that that went out. But also alongside it came a new expansion, Shadowkeep. Tyler, how have you enjoyed Destiny 2 Shadowkeep? I have enjoyed it a great deal. I mean, I think it adds some cool things to the Destiny world. It was kind of cool to go back to the moon in, in a nostalgic way, but then also like I've done this a million times sort of way. But then some of the new locations were really cool to go to um, the way they've kind of just cleaned up some things about the game. I think really can work uh, moving forward for Destiny. And then, you know, adding the Vex offensives I, f- I thought were neat uh, to do. I can see them getting kind of stale doing them a lot, but they're fun to do every once in a while. And then, um, you know, adding like artifacts, uh, cleaning up, you know, how upgrading your weapons and in, in, in armor works. Uh, adding a battle pass that I thought, you know, most games is kind of like, oh my God, another one sort of thing. But I actually really like the Destiny 2 battle pass because I feel like you're just getting a lot of really good stuff out of it. It's not just cosmetics. Um, but then it also feels like you don't need it sort of thing. Uh, so I felt like they got a look, some good balance there. But then, you know, the story was cool, but it fucking ends, man. And it was a little, little frustrating. Like, hey, pay $40 next year. See where this goes. Uh, okay. Just as it was getting really good, it just it stopped sort of thing. But otherwise, you know, I, I, I like the directions Bungie is going now that they are now that they're single. Hmm. So, alrighty, Tyler. This has been this has yeah. been a block of your games. Yeah. It's just uh, a rock block. Here. We're, just, we're just gonna continue on here with Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. This is a remake. Yes, a remake of Link's Awakening. Uh, I so I haven't been able to finish this game, but I played about half of it. Uh, really enjoying this game. Um, in just being able to go back and playing a, a 2D Zelda. I've never played through Link's Awakening, so it's a really cool way to experience it. What a cute art style this game has, too. And just there's some wacky stuff in this game that can be a little frustrating with, with puzzles, uh, but it's a Zelda game, and Zelda games are, are a blast to play. It's, it's just kind of fun going back to a more traditional Zelda game, I guess, with with an overworld and a bunch of dungeons you got to go through and a bunch of little secrets to find. And uh, so, yeah, really, I like that game and I'm looking forward to get back to it. And then uh, the other last game in this rock block here is Borderlands three for me. Um, I think this is probably one of my favorite games of the year, but maybe more towards the bottom of a top 10 list for me. Um, I just like playing this game. I didn't like the story at all, but I liked, you know, playing it, progressing, getting cool weapons, blowing the shit out of stuff, uh, seeing some of these really awesome new locations that that Gearbox created, uh, I think are some of the coolest locations that they've done in the Borderlands game. Some of my favorite art sort of direction that they've done with Borderlands that I would love to see more of. And then um, 
I just felt like a lot of the side quests were a lot of fun to play through in this game. They were just goofy and probably some of the best stuff. Like the main story is a little bit of a drag. There is some cool boss fights. Uh, but otherwise some of those missions just felt like they were going on forever and I don't, don't really like the villains too much, but yeah, I think just playing this game to me was, is cool enough for it to be, you know, a eight, nine, 10 position on my end of the year list, which I haven't made yet, but I could see Borderlands three kind of sitting there. Uh, cause because I, I liked it. It's not perfect. It definitely feels like a, a 2012 sort of game that should have been out four or five years ago. But, hey, I think there's there's some cool stuff there. So. All right. Time to move on to a game that will be higher on your list, presumably. The yeah. Outer Worlds. I've been playing a lot more of this game recently. And yeah. Fuck, I love this game so much. Every time I finish playing this game for for the day or whatever, I'm just like, I love this game. <laughs> Literally. It's yeah. it's it's excellent. Obsidian out here being like y'all don't like what Bethesda's doing with their Fallouts. Well, uh, here here's a game that isn't a Fallout, but hey, there's some similarities you can draw here. Uh, I enjoyed the structure of the Outer Worlds. It is it is very mid two thousands RPG for me. Um, it's like yeah, it's a single player game where you explore these environments. You you can pick up stuff that's in the environment. You can approach things a little bit different ways. Um, yeah, I I liked it a lot. It has a an awesome cast of characters. I love the crew that you get. Uh, I like a lot of the characters you encounter to do side quests for. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot of good writing. Uh, yeah, I, I I really uh, the Outer Worlds was comfort food for me. <laughs> in the yeah, in I the biggest biggest way. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, the the two things that I'm just really digging about this game is is one, just the exploration. I'm really liking a lot. I love. I forgot how much I I love getting in in a Fallout or Elder Scrolls sort of game of this style of going into like a dungeon and just grinding out this dungeon doing everything you could possibly see go into every fucking room you can go into get open all the 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 loot boxes that you can find to get every little thing and killing everything in it and coming out the other side and be like all right that was that was really cool and just kind of getting in the zone i forgot how much i i love that and i agree with you like it's it's a comfort food sort of feel uh but it's the writing that i'm just i'm really enjoying because it the game puts you just in some really kind of uncomfortable situations in the story and throws you know some other perspectives at you from various different characters and really makes you think about your decisions and i'm really excited to see where that goes more as i keep playing this game um but man i I love it yeah, I there are some things about it that definitely are hey, they had a budget, especially when it's around weapon designs. Mm-hmm. And I I guess in it as an extension to that armor designs as well. Um but other than that, it's 
it's it's the game I wanted them to make. Yeah. And I think in terms of like the budget sort of thing, this they definitely went with more of our and a colorful and artistic vibe. Um, because this isn't the prettiest looking game with everything. Um, but I I do I'm not saying that's a bad thing, uh, necessarily. Um, that's definitely a budget sort of thing. Like they dazzle you. Yeah, I mean it's it's a shame that an Outer Worlds two probably won't be on a future PlayStation console, but just knowing that an Outer Worlds two could have a much larger budget behind it uh, with Microsoft just excites me of what that could be. And I also like that this game isn't open world necessarily like a Fallout or Elder Scrolls. Like you just kind of go to these different areas and there's a lot to do in them, and then you kind of keep moving on because it feels a lot more manageable in that way all right let's move on to a game that only i played here uh lonely mountains downhill uh this is a downhill biking game that has a low poly look uh it's very peaceful and you go down the mountain really fast uh i I just enjoyed uh, learning new ways to go down certain surfaces to kind of cheat my way through certain levels. It felt like cheating. I'm sure they designed some of those shortcuts, but that that's a great feeling when it's like, ooh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be doing this, but this is working <laughs> real good for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh it awakened some of my racing game brain while I was playing it. Uh, next up, the game that I played the most in 2019, <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. <laughs> I have put, hold on, I can open Steam right now and tell you how many hours I've played of Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. I'm very I'm, curious. I'm going to do that because they did a very smart thing earlier this year in offering a free trial to their MMO. And they got me in, and I haven't stopped since. I think I've played... I, there have not been more than two days between me playing Final Fantasy XIV. Wow. And as Steam loads here, I'm trying to get an hour count. But... I guess I'll talk more about Shadowbringers uh, because that's what was new this year. Shadowbringers has the best story arc of all of their expansions and be definitely better than the main game because that's the weakest part of it. Um, it does some smart things around crafting, around developing characters. Uh, it some of the patches that changed some character classes, at least from what I read through, were like, oh, that's nice. I'm glad I didn't play this class before that. Um, yeah, it's it's just very smart. Tyler, do you want to take a guess at how many hours I've played? Alright. Uh, give me like three guesses. Maybe yeah, I can go, hold go ahead. Go ahead. Alright. I'm going to start have you played more than 300 hours? Yes, higher. Fuck. All right. Uh, have you played more than 400? Higher. <laughs> okay. All right. My final my final answer is going to be 579. No. Okay. It's 400, How much? 413. 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's still a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's crap. a lot of hours, <laughs> considering I started this game in August. Yeah, holy shit. Wow. Turns out MMOs have a lot of content, and I keep finding more and more content in this game to play, even as I've caught up to the latest patch. There's some stuff wow. I've missed, stuff that is optional, obviously, uh, but stuff that is worth playing, and there's a lot worth playing in Final Fantasy XIV, and then they keep coming out with seasonal events that I keep playing that are themed very nicely. Uh, like, literally, as soon as the uh, Christmas-slash-holiday event is over, they're going to do a New Year's event, like, right after that. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's always something to do in Final Fantasy XIV. They've also added... A near raid, which is really fucking cool. It has some of the coolest visuals I've seen in the game, and the story is very interesting as well as you'd expect a near near uh, adjacent thing to be. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for more Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get us started on the Pokemon games? I sure. I've played more than you have, but I'll I'll let you start. Yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, I'm really enjoying Pokemon Sword. Is the version I'm playing? Uh, really enjoying playing through that game. Um, I, I'm really, I think I just like playing through Pokemon games, especially the first time through, uh, and then just getting a team, leveling up that team. But I think this game does some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying the world of this game. I'm enjoying the wild area. I think is a really cool idea, and something that I hope in future Pokemon games they expand on greatly. Um, and I, I'm just overall digging it. I guess the one thing is just so far. I just think this game is just so fucking easy. I know we've talked about before that. Yeah, you don't necessarily come to a Pokemon game for a challenge necessarily, but I just I have a lot of memories associated with some of those earlier games that were much much harder and kind of squeaking by. And I feel like this game's just way too easy. And I I feel like they've kind of dialed it back a little bit. I really didn't like Pokemon Sun Moon at all. Um, which I know isn't a popular opinion, but I hated those games because of how much it just held your hand. And there was just constantly someone talking to you and it was just so fucking annoying. And that happens a lot in this game. But I feel like so far from what I've played, I played about 10 hours. I feel like it's dialed back a little bit. Game lets you go a little bit more, which was a refreshing thing to go back to like Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu, which was a remake of uh, yellow where that happened a lot. The game just lets you go and lets you uh, explore and battle and all that stuff. And so those are some criticisms, but that's Pokemon moving forward. You kind of got to suck it up in a way, but well, I I'm, think I'm digging the game. Yeah. I think as they keep adding on more and more features to Pokemon, I feel like that's something that's creeped up on us. There's just a lot more to do in Pokemon nowadays True. True. than there used to be. Uh, I, I feel like that's just a necessity of, of the way they have to build that game. So people are introduced to these things and aren't just overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, things that we take for granted stuff that we aren't that. Like new players of Pokemon are cert are probably appreciating uh, the way it's doing the things that you dislike. <laughs> right, right. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm enjoying Pokemon quite a lot. Uh, I've I've beaten the game. How far have you gotten into it? How many how many gym um, badges? I have three gym badges. I am on the way to the fourth. I feel like it's about to happen pretty soon. Alrighty. Yeah. I'm currently like doing stuff. Uh, God, I, I guess it's the I'm blanking on a town, uh, but the dragon gym leader is uh-huh. like I'm doing stuff with him. I don't know if he's the actual fourth gym leader that you go after, but that's that's where I'm at right now. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I th- I think it's really good. I think they've. They've done well with some of the online f- stuff. I just wish, I mean, in comparison to other Nintendo forays into online video gaming, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's still got some problems with, with their network stuff, like having to put in a link code rather than being like, hey, this guy's on my friends list. Uh, it's st- stuff like that is still frustrating. But yeah, I... I like it a lot. I like the raid battles. I like the gym battles as well, taking place in stadiums that feel like actual stadiums. I I, I think that's really rad. How do you feel about that? I do like that aspect a lot. Um, I don't mind how they've changed gyms between Sun Moon and this game. You know, I feel like it's it's something that needed to kind of happen. But I think that whole stadium aspect is cool dynamaxing is pretty cool as well um it's something that i i would like for them to explore more in other pokemon games but i'm not sure if they will because i feel like the stadium thing is more of a uh, location-based thing for them yeah like yeah they're going for uh football culture or soccer culture as you would like yeah <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. that arena sport kind of thing that happens a lot, like a lot of the environment for when you go to live sports. That's what they're trying to get there. Right. All right. Uh, next up, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Certainly one of my favorite games of the year and a game that I'm currently grinding away on. Uh, really just digging just about everything about this game besides its technical uh aspects uh the game doesn't run the best there's some just total jank to it um sometimes some weird lip syncing that could take you out of a cutscene and things like that uh but otherwise i think this game's quite excellent uh i'm digging the story a lot i'm really enjoying a lot of the characters enjoying uh cal enjoying uh, bd1 your little droid uh, there's a lot of cool abilities that go along with that enjoying uh customizing your lightsaber is something that uh when it first introduces you to it i was like yeah i mean this is cool i'm not sure how much i'll, I'll care about it but the more that i'm like exploring and finding new unlocks for it the more i'm I, it makes me want to go find everything because it, it's it's actually you kind of get attached to it you feel personal aspect to it um but then you know just yeah the exploration the metroidvania style of this game is awesome getting you know the more i get more force powers the better the combat feels the more i truly feel like i assume a jedi would feel and yeah this game's just doing a lot of really excellent things and as really 
kind of blown me away in terms of like, I thought this game was going to be cool. It's respawn. So I expected some quality there, but I'm kind of blown away by how good I, I think this game truly is and how much I actually love it. So, yeah. Awesome. So I might play that game once you're done with it. Yeah, sure. You can definitely borrow it. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, you've played through Bloodborne Sekiro, so you'll probably think the combat's a little weak sauce, but um, it's fun for sure. Okay. It, like for you, and one thing I like about this game too is there's a lot of difficulty options. Yeah. And, and the game's pretty upfront with like, this is how aggressive the enemies are going to be. This is how much damage they'll do. And it'll tell you at, with every single difficulty option. So for you, like cranking up that difficulty, you might actually get something pretty uh, awesome out of that combat, actually, now that mm-hmm. I think about that. And just the fact that you can change those difficulties at any time is something's just way too frustrating and you just want to move past it to see uh see the story or you are really close uh to an experience point and you fucking die and you really wanted that because you were going to get a cool upgrade to to make you better uh just being able to like for me i just dropped the difficulty ran to where i needed to fuck that dude up and then bumped it back up just to get my my skill point and now i feel even better about it and i'm able to continue on the difficulty that i'm going on i just think those options are just awesome things and i think more games should have something like that yeah and from what i've heard if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you don't play many video games at all for some i don't know what percentage of the audience <laughs> is that uh Apparently, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has a very easy, easy mode that uh, if you just want to see yeah. what happens in that story, if you want to see a Star Wars story, you can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly easy. I was, you know, the difficulty I'm playing, I'm just playing on normal difficulty, and I feel like there's a good challenge there uh, a lot of times. And man, I, when I bumped it down just so I could run back and get my uh, experience back because I was so close to getting a skill point, uh, I was just blown away by how fucking easy it was. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I crazy. I imagine that is for a lot of people who, hey, maybe play yeah. one or two video games a year. Yeah, and or, or just really interested in Star Wars and have no no care for a challenge and just want to see that story because the story is really good so far. Alrighty, I'm going to just touch really quickly on these next couple of games. Wargroove. I have recently found out after playing a couple more levels, Wargroove is not at all a Fire Emblem-like. It is more of an Advanced Wars, Mm. where you are capturing buildings, using the economy output of those buildings to build more units, and advance on the enemy. So there's that. That's what I learned about Wargroove so far. I still have a lot of that game to play. Cool. Uh, and then the next thing up is Anno 1800, which I have started to play through the campaign of. Uh, I think the per- it says the percentage of your progress through the campaign, I think about 46% through the campaign of Anno 1800. It is very much a city builder. You're building an economy for your settlements to stay, to keep the lights on as it's as it were uh takes you through the industrial revolution all kinds of uh stuff related to that 
the story is pretty all right. Um, you have a you have an evil uncle, and you think he got your dad killed, but you can't prove it. And the story is, hey, let's go find evidence about how our dad died. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that involves you building a city and then chartering a colony to the Americas and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Anno 18, my first Anno game, and I feel like I'm getting the hold of it. Right on. <clears throat> ah, all right. And then there's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <sighs> The most I just, video really, gamers video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got this game today, so I might oh, try did to you? play a little bit of it. Shit, yeah. hell yeah. You should have yeah. told me as soon as you got it. Damn. Yeah, well, I literally, like like I said, I, I mean, I got home like an hour or 7.30-ish, and I've been installing it ever <laughs> since. So at okay. some point here soon, we definitely got to do some, some Modern Warfare. So. Yeah, uh, I might have to figure out a setup that works for that so we can voice chat. Um, but, yeah, I own it on PC. He owns it on PS4. Hey, cross-play multiplayer. Uh, Sorted yeah. cues by control type so you're not getting fucked over by mouse and keyboard, people, if you're on controller. Really fantastic stuff in video games happening this year. Crossplay, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Agreed. So yeah, the biggest multiplayer game uh, on consoles is now crossplay between the consoles and PC. Uh, this game looks really good. I mean, I know I'm playing on PC. You'll probably mm-hmm. be able to talk more about this when we on future shows. Uh, it has. A an interesting campaign that has stealth missions that are cool. Uh, I think overall the campaign is... It, it feels very much still like a Call of Duty campaign. And those right. have been very similar kind of feels as you go through them year by year. Uh, but the multiplayer is really good. I really like the multiplayer a lot. I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Modern Warfare multiplayer. <laughs> Probably too much. I should be playing other video games. But that battle pass and it's double XP and double battle pass progression Ooh. right now. All right. And I'm like, I gotta keep playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Take advantage of this shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to play this game. Really good. Uh, and then Judgment. Oh boy. Ever since Judgment came out, I've been like, man, I gotta pull together some cash to buy Judgment. And then I bought Judgment, like, within the past three weeks. <laughs> and now I'm like, Judgment is might be one of my favorite games of this generation. It is... Mm, it has a lot of style. I mean... I kind of want. Hmm, I wonder if I can get a picture of the title screen. Let me. Let me. Let me Google something. Uh, judgment title screen. Are Are you looking at it right now? Uh, let me. Let me pull it up. Judgment. 
Yeah, but yeah, this this takes place in the same world as the Yakuza games from the same studio as the Yakuza games. It plays a lot like the Yakuza games, except you're not a member of the Yakuza. You are an ex-lawyer turned private investigator. Uh, Takayuki Yagami is his name. Uh, you have your detective agency. You're doing cases for your former employer, that law agency, and then you go off and you do your own investigations and stuff like that. It's really that good. That is an excellent title screen. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been tweeting about this game. I'm not sure if you read any of those tweets. But in a year uh, where WWE so, yeah. 2K20 exists... Judgment is a better wrestling game. It has better. <laughs> it has cool wrestling moves in in Judgment. It has a um. It has a scissor drop kick where you kick. You do a scissor kick into a group of enemies. It has a wall jump tornado DDT. And those of you out there, you might want to look up tornado DDT dot gif Tyler. Just so you know what I'm talking about. Right. Um. It, yeah, it has. I I've seen suplexes happen. I've seen all kinds of different wrestling moves happen in Judgment, and it 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 warms my heart to know that there's actually a good wrestling game that <laughs> exists in this year. <laughs> well, what was it? Tornado. Tornado. GT. DDT. Oh, DDT. Okay. Stands for Death Drop Technique. Uh, but yeah. It's good. Uh, the side. I'll, I'll go through one of the side cases here that you get early on. You're investigating oh, okay. this guy called the Panty Professor. Now, Tyler, oh, all right. this Panty Professor is stealing girls' panties. All right. You lure him. Well, you find him by putting out a set of silk panties with a GPS tracker. And the way he steals the panties is with a drone, so you track him back to where he is, and you find him. He's sniffing those panties. And then when you're like, yo, I'm going to take you to the cops, you fucking pervert, he's like, no you aren't, I'm going to fight your ass. And then he pulls out a different pair of panties. And he's powering up as he's sniffing the panties. You can see a glowing aura around him as he's sniffing these panties. (laughs) And he's powering up, and then you have to fight him. Oh boy. <laughs> that is this game the uh I, the localization team for the for the Yakuza studio is just the best. The yeah. best localization I've seen in video games. I don't know how it reads or plays in Japanese, but god damn. This is I love this video game. Yeah. Seems very well done. Yeah, and it is a perfect jumping in point if you haven't played any of the Yakuza games, if you don't want to go through the you don't want to have the baggage or you don't want to see that entire story through, you don't want to play it from Yakuza Zero on. Mm. You can jump in a judgment and see what this studio is about, see what their writing is about, just see what these games do for people. And yeah, I I can't recommend this game enough. Judgment That's is awesome. fantastic. Awesome. Uh, while you uh, start on this next one, quick, I'm going to run to the bathroom really quick. Sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> I actually have a block here, so take your time.
we have ne- uh, No Man's Sky next, which it was a huge update to No Man's Sky. Uh, it added, they added VR, they added an actual social hub space, and they reconstructed the game in a way that makes it easier to understand what you're supposed to do. And it directs you to things that are like things that you can do to see more of what this world is about and see just cool ass stuff. They've, they, I don't know how they've done it, but they've somehow increased the variety of things you'll see. Just, they've increased how wild some of the stuff you can see is. Like, there, there are vast contrasts to. To just the different kinds of planets you'll see in No Man's Sky now, and it's it's really good. I I am constantly impressed at how Hello Games have stuck with this game through all the abuse they've taken. Um, they they just really did a great job with No Man's Sky, and you know, hats off to them. I think No Man's Sky might be best story of video games in this decade of what what's happened to that game and then after that we have (sighs) dirt rally 2.0 a game that had me clinch my butt cheeks the hardest (laughs) that is how i will describe it it. yeah dirt rally (laughs) is a simulation ass simulation game where you're driving these rally tracks and you're just trusting your co-driver to tell you what's coming up because you can't see what's coming up until it's too late you have to know what's happening next (laughs) yeah god i think i had my favorite experience in this game when i was having a bad time uh where my lights were out and it was pitch black i was driving by moonlight and just trusting my co-driver and being like, okay, I kind of know what that kind of degree turn is. And just trying to make it to the end of a stage. It is, I love dirt, I, this is my first dirt rally game. And I am so glad I have a racing wheel now. Because my racing wheel has changed the way I see racing games. And it is awesome. Right. I feel like this game is probably really fucking good with a racing wheel. Oh, yeah. God, I can't imagine playing it without it. Yeah. I just I I just feel so much coming through that wheel. All right. Uh Tyler, have you did you play my friend Pedro? I did not, no. Okay. I I know it's on Game Pass. That's why I asked. Uh my friend Pedro is a sort of I don't know. You play through levels as a shooter, you control it with with your sticks and your triggers, and they do some weird stuff with slow-mo time and locking directions and dual wielding. It's a fun game. I don't like the way it's written. It's kind of... The humor is... And I'm sorry to sound old here. It's too uh, Gen Z for me. Mm. (laughs) Uh... I'm sorry to all the Gen Z people out there. I'm sorry for the way the world is, but that's just how I feel about this video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I had fun playing through it. It's like a four and a half, five hour game. Um, 
But yeah. Ape Out, Tyler. Have you played Ape Out? No, but I really want to. God damn it. <laughs> I would have probably played it if it was on the Xbox Game Pass, but it's only on the PC one, which I guess, yeah, I could. I Tyler. Could download. I got to download at the Xbox app. Tyler, the next time I come PC. over, I'm making sure you're set up. Okay, fine. Because Ape Out, in a world where I, I forgot... Well, I didn't forget, but I didn't get around to playing to Untitled Goose Game. This is a great uh, animal chaos sim. Just mm-hmm. going through, fucking shit up, throwing throwing dudes into walls, making them go splat, and getting the fuck out of whatever building you're in. <laughs> <laughs> it's got an awesome jazzy soundtrack that adapts to the way you're playing. Uh, well, not adapt. I think the way I think your actual input into the game changes the way the soundtrack plays. Mm. Uh, I saw kind of an explainer online somewhere about it, but yeah, it's it is a great getting game, and you should fucking play it, motherfucker. Hey, I'm sure I'd like it. Sure. Uh and then Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. God damn, I have so many games here that I played. I think a lot of these games that I added here at the end are games that I played, so apologies to everyone out there who hates my voice. You've been listening to this podcast, so I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night is very much a Castlevania-ass Castlevania game. From the creator of... Ca- well, not creator, but a creator of some good Castlevania games. Um yeah, it has a night it has a neat style. It has way too many systems that fucking make my mind want to melt because I'm trying to go through them all. Uh but I I want to play through this game. I haven't gotten through the entire thing. Seems like a completely insane fucking video game. <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> big. It is so fucking huge. Yeah. It is a huge fucking video game. It was a massive success on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, full disclosure, I was I contributed to that Kickstarter and got all my stuff from it. So I have no complaints there. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good game. It's just that man, I'm not sure if I'm ready to play through that entire thing yet. <laughs> uh, next up is Slay the Spire. Mm. A card building game. A uh, card, card deck building game. Tyler, you played like, I think you only played that round that I was sitting there with you. I have. Yeah, I've only, I've only played that, that one round uh, that, that night, but I thoroughly enjoyed what I played. Um, and I can see where this game is very thrilling and addicting and and all sorts of stuff because there's a lot of cool stuff about it. I really like the art. I like the music. I, I, I liked what I played, for sure. Tyler, they've added new cards. They've added new relics. Ooh. You need to play more Slay the Spire, man. Yeah. It's fucking good. I heard a rumor that it might be coming to phones. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good place for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, next up is Life is Strange 2. Uh, technically, this game started coming out last year, but it wrapped up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is my favorite Life is Strange game. 
It has my favorite character in a Life is Strange game, and it has one of my favorite best favorite uh, moments or sequences in a Life is Strange game. It is a very good video game, and uh, it sho- it shows off how Don't Nod has progressed in this method of storytelling. Uh, it, I, I think it's great. Not enough people played it, as evidenced by the Game Awards. Um, well, I feel yeah. like they kind of hurt themselves a little bit. I, I, I just felt like their release schedule was way too, uh, too, too long in between episodes. Mm-hmm. I, so. I get that. Yeah, but it was worth it. The story was worth it. It was, mm-hmm. it was a fantastic game. This is one I'm excited to get to. I just won't be able to uh, this year. All right. I'm going to go bang, 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 bang through these next four here. Satisfactory. Uh, you drop onto a world. You build a factory collecting resources and outputting products that you can make other products with. That's satisfactory. <laughs> it's very much one of those games I'm sure a lot of you out there are familiar with. Factorio. Yeah, it, it's one of those games where you get to build a system, and that that is fun for a certain type of player. Uh, next is Imperator Ro- Imperator Rome uh, from Paradox Studios. They tried something new with this game. Uh, it's a strat. It is it is a paradox game. Meaning that there's strategy and politics and stuff like that that you have to deal with. I have not played nearly enough of this game to talk more about it. I need to play through an entire campaign of Imperator Rome before I feel comfortable talking about the game. Mm. And I'm not there yet. But a lot of management of uh, families, powerful families within Rome, to make sure, keep them happy, keep... uh, them in positions of power, but don't make them too powerful. Uh, next up is Creature in the Well, which has similarities to Pinball in that there are bumpers and features on the map, but outside of that, that comparison has been completely overblown. Uh, you're knocking a ball around a level, hitting shit, and getting through it. Mm-hmm. I like this game a lot. It has a cool style. It's it's a crime that it's not on PlayStation yet. Yeah, I really thought it was. When I saw you put outside of here, I'm like, really? Yep. Kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's on Xbox Game Pass. You should fucking play it, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I say this. I know you don't have as much time as I do. Um, but yeah, Creature in the Well is good. Uh, Void Bastards, a, f- a first-person shooter roguelike. Uh, I enjoyed the maybe hour or two I played this game. I want to go back to it, but there are so many fucking video games this year. Mm-hmm. As evidence that I thought this podcast would be shorter, and we are like an hour and almost 40 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. It's a lot of good stuff to talk uh, about. In the last game, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Holy shit. I mean, I shouldn't be holy shitting this. This Fire Emblem game is really fucking good. Yeah. 
it yeah uh there's a lot of good character interaction the story is written very well i love talking to all the students learning about them and their lives and just learning about this world it's really fucked up what actually is happening in this world who knows who the real bad guys are (laughs) (laughs) what what uh what house did you choose i chose the black eagles Uh, Edelgard being the head of that house, also being the heir to that empire. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot in this game and I love it. And I Mm -hmm. still, I haven't quite finished it. I feel like I'm on the home stretch though. I'm glad, I'm glad something like this found success because I, this game did sell pretty well when it came out. It's cool. Alrighty. Now, Tyler, are there any games that aren't on this list that we forgot to add? Um, I just want to shout out to a few games that I played a lot in 2019 that aren't necessarily 2019 games. And I'll just shout them out really quick. Um, probably the game I spent the most time with this year, honestly, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I played nearly 100 hours of that game and i feel like most of it came at the very end of 2018 and then into 2019 especially doing all the dlc to that game and um yeah well i i adore that game i think it's definitely one of my favorite games and now Um, you now you are free of assassin's creed until they release one in 2020 (laughs) i know i know yeah um and let's see what else uh shout out to red dead redemption 2 that i finished this year i like that game a lot and um the only one i guess i'll shout out to is shout out to shadow of the tomb raider which is a fine video game to play through and then kind of forget about Mm, all yeah. right well tyler that is that is all the video games we played that yeah. are sort of new this year or have significant updates you know i think 2019 was a pretty all right year for video games there's some pretty good video games here yeah and we have a we have some we have a few days to build our lists yeah and we will do that and come out with a game of the year episode in the near future. But damn, there's a lot to consider here. Yeah, definitely. But I am looking forward to our game of the year episode. Yeah, and obviously there are games that we didn't play. We'll talk about those on a later episode. Um Maybe the maybe episode 200, the 2020 episode, looking ahead, maybe we'll do a small segment about the 2019 games we missed. Maybe that'll be on a different episode. Maybe that'll be 201. Who knows? Who could say how we run this show? I'm kind of just we flying by. whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, I'm kind of just flying by the seat <laughs> of my pants here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's good. I think we can stop here, right? Yep. Yeah. Got just about everything. So that's the video games we played in 2019. Uh, if there's anything y'all played or thought we slept on, be sure to yell at us somewhere. Uh, you could do that in a multitude of places, either via email at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PS Report Podcast. If you want to verbally abuse me, that's at the Arctic Sloth on Twitter. 
leave Tyler and them alone unless you have something nice to say at Plugged On Vids. Y'all have stuff coming or stuff up lately, right? Yeah, well, probably it seems like we'll probably have them up the first week of January. Mm. So, but yeah, things will will happen over there. All righty, be sure to check that out. And until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and Merry Christmas!